0: This week on Champion Church Fort Worth, the podcast. Here's week two of the Sea Orange series titled One Belief, One Rule. The titular One Belief refers to the scriptural truth that every kid is made in the image of God. If we believe this, then the one rule we must live by in order to raise them in faith is, quite simply, love. Here's Pastor Samuel. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, let's, let's stay standing for a second. Man, this is so much fun. We're going to do this about 10 more times today. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, let me read to you guys First Timothy 4.12. Can I do this from the Word of God? Yes. Is it okay that we read from the Bible here in this church? Good idea. Throw that up there, Peyton, would you for me? It's the Bible-believing church, amen? People ask me, what, what translation do you use? I don't care. Whatever it is you read is the translation you need to read, amen? The, the one you need to buy. You know, I've had preachers come and like, hey, you can't read the Bible on, the, on your phone. Really? This is 2016. I'd rather you read your Bible on your phone than all the other junk. Praise God. Anybody else? Ten minutes with Jesus or ten minutes with Facebook. How do you come out of that? Like, are you happy about life after five minutes with Facebook? Am I speaking the truth here this morning? 1 Timothy 4.12. I love this here. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Someone say amen. Amen. Even if you're not young. Amen? Amen. Come on, we're all young. Here we go. But set an example for the believers in speech and in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I want to encourage you today as young people, as, as people that are young at heart. We have a mandate from the Lord to represent Jesus in the right way. Set an example. I want you and I to understand that we are the example to the world of what Jesus looks like, what he acts like, what his response should be in situations, even difficult situations, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Amen? Let us pray, and then we'll sit down. Dear Lord, we honor you today. Father, we give you this day. We are so thankful To be in your house today, I pray that your word would uh, sink into our hearts and produce an amazing harvest of fruit, God. We want to produce good things, Lord. We know in one moment in your presence can change everything, Father. So God, we just invite you to come and have your way in this place. We know that you love us, God, and you've called us according to your purposes. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Find a seat. If you can't, smack your neighbor on the way down, please. In a loving way. Just tell them that you're so thankful they're here. I just love to smack people and gently and love. I smack Dane every time I see him. And uh, my wife's like, move on. Praise God. Hey, can I show you some pictures this morning? Uh, I just want to take you back a few years. Uh, Peyton, go ahead and throw one one of those images up. I'm just going to leave that there. So I have a twin sister. I was reminded that she's older than me. She told me that two days ago. She was telling this lady at the jewelry store, yeah, my younger brother. Four, four minutes, four minutes, I tell you. So twins, twins has been a pretty cool, unique experience. I've kind of grown up with my sister, and I pretty much see her every day, you know. We're hanging out with the kids and enjoying life. And So this is my awesome suit. I'm the one on the right. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, Sarah is, of course, a little cute one. And uh, can you guys, everybody see that? I don't want to get in your way. This is important. Um, so let's move to the next picture. And I just kind of wanted to show you. Here's another one. I'm not sure what color that is that we're wearing, but Finley told me last night it was girl colors. And uh, I'm the one on the left with little curlies in the back. And uh, Sarah gets the cute one. Let's move to the next one. These are just wonderful. Look. All right, so this is uh, me with my crazy eyes. I'm actually the one on the left. And this is a Sarah about to stab me with her four fingers. And uh, Or maybe she had just stabbed me, and that's why my eyes were cross-eyed. So I uh, just wanted to show you my crazy eyes. Move to the next one there, Mark. Uh, Payton, there we go. Uh, twins, this is me with my high shorts, uh, and Sarah with equally high shorts. And that's almost in style now, you know, like the whole bring them way up, you know, riding them high. And uh, Sarah's smiling, and I, of course, am not, because I'm dressed like a farm animal. Uh, I don't know why my mom had a problem with dressing us equally the same all the time, but we're boy girl. Like she should have went a different direction. <laughs> give me, give me the next one there, Peyton. Oh, this is twins, Mark and Sam wearing the same shirt. And uh, I just started to throw that in there because I love Mark and he's my twin. Okay, next next one. That's awkward. Um, this is me and my wonderful sister. I think that's Howdy Doody shirts, and I'm about to sneeze on my birthday cake. While Sarah is watching, screaming no, eating something. Um, so that's us again at some birthday. All right, do we have any more there? One more? All right. This is me in my uh, spandex and my, my, yeah, Sarah and Sam sporting the sailor outfit. Has anybody done that sailor outfit? Yeah, Dane did. Thank you. We'll, we'll bring those pictures next week for Dane. Because now I'm completely embarrassed. So I wanted to show you the the family portraits this morning, because I'm reminded this morning about who Jesus is and what He says about us. Now, before I get there, we're doing a series called Sea Orange. We started last week. We are implementing kind of a uh, a directive for all of our ministry going forward with all of our children, all the way from birth to, to, to college age, and then also for you and I this morning, I, I would say if you don't have kids or maybe your kids are grown, this is very important that you understand what we're going to talk about today because it will drive your life in a way that God has intended it to go, if you would grab a hold of these very simple truths of the Word of God this morning. And I want you to understand that you are valuable. And in here this morning, you are here because God wants to speak a word to your life. And we talked about last week the whole Heart of the Orange series and everything we're going to train your wonderful children in and train you in is the understanding that the church and the family must partner together, right? The family is the heart of the home. The family represents the heart of everything. It's what you spend most of your life doing is with family, enjoying family, working with family, spending time with family. I grew up with my sister Sarah every day of our lives. We went to school together. We drove together. We worked at the same place. I did everything with Sarah. And that's the heart. I just want you to understand that's the heart. Now, also, the church is actually the light, And and it represents the light of God illuminating. When combined with the family, it illuminates your life. It allows you to see things that you otherwise would not see. Because Jesus is in the church. And he acts and he moves and he speaks. That's why when you come to church on Sunday morning, you got to say, God, what are you speaking to me this morning? I need to receive it so that I can go out into my family and be changed. So it's this understanding that that when the church and the family gets together, it produces amazing things in our family members, and in the people that God put in our life, whether it be our co-workers, our friends, our family, our entertainment life, our our social life. All of these things radiate from the understanding that when both of these entities get together, it produces good results. Does everybody understand where I'm going? So today, I just wanted to talk about the one belief and the one rule that you and I need to operate from on a regular basis. So we see here My sister Sarah, myself growing together, I wanted to say this, that all of us in life, we have this person that we want to aspire to be like. And if you are a Christian and you are a follower of Christ, his name is Jesus. And our whole goal is that you and I would look and have a twin and his name would be Jesus. And the only way to do that is to spend time with him, to grow in him, to allow him to speak to us, to train us. You know, when you start going out with that girl, you end up getting married, whatever, you start looking like her a little bit. You start having the same style. My wife said, Sam, I got to help you with your style. So we go to the mall and she buys me stuff that I'm uncomfortable with, but that looks really good in her mind. And so I'm always like, man, as long as I please my wife, praise God, that I'm doing something right. And so we begin to talk the same, use the same words, begin to do all this. This is what happens, friends, when you understand that your responsibility is to spend time with Jesus, to look like him, to have a twin in Jesus. Now, the first thing I want to tell you, the one belief that drives all of this is something that your children need desperately. And it all wraps around this issue that every kid is made in the image of God. All right, every kid is made in the image of God. Even the kid that's kind, even the kid that's unkind, even the kid that picks on your kid in school, even the kid that does not respond and is not obedient at all is still created in the image of God. I want you to know that. Your kids, all these champion kids need to know daily that they were created in the image of God. The Bible says in Genesis 1:27 that God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Now, what's great about this is he created the earth. He created the plants. He created the animals. He created all these things. But when he created mankind, he said, Listen, I'm going to make mankind in my image with the same desires with the same heart, with the same moral compass, with the same convictions. Why is it that that you know as a kid when you hit somebody that it's wrong? It's because you were created with that same ability to understand right from wrong. We were given this God-created image, the likeness, the, the mentality, the morality, the social attitude of, man, I really want to be around people. I really want to have relationships to other people. And even though as a kid you don't understand how all of that works, as you grow older, the the, the job for you and I is to completely communicate their ability in Jesus, that they were created for good works. Now, children have the same stamp of God's image imprinted on their lives that we as adults have. It's that same heart and that same understanding that they were created for great things. Now, sometimes adults feel like that Man, I just wish my kids would grow up. I wish they would get to that point of adulthood because then they would be smart and wise and they would have it all together. How many of you are smart and wise and have it all together in here? It's amazing because we sometimes sell our kids short and think they can't be all that God's called them to be right there, whatever age they are. Whatever age that we have them at. But listen, the three-year-old knows every word to the songs, uh, to the Frozen movie of every song. A three-year-old, champions. We have smart kids that know what they're doing, that, that can grow. Listen, a first grader can build a starship destroyer out of Legos, a first grader. That's a big deal. We don't have to wait for that child to grow up to see the potential that God has invested and put in there. A third grader knows how to spell the word quadrilateral a lot of syllables. You guys like that? That was my favorite part of education, when I could clap the syllables. Hey, listen, some of your seventh graders know how to navigate your phone more than you as the the parent, except me. But listen, church, I want to say... uh, how can these kids do this? How can these kids have these experiences at young ages? It's because they're built and designed by God in the image of God. I want you to know that. I want want you to, listen, we must treat every kid who breathes like they are made in the image of God. Even the kid that we don't really like, the neighbor kid that we wish would never come over because they're dangerous. They're reckless. But Jesus asks of us today we must treat them like they are made and created in the image of God. It's a hard thing for us as adults. We got to come and say, God, use us, do this for us, help us. Listen, don't miss this because every kid is made in the character and spirit of God's image. And all these God character traits, all of these things and more are present and can be matured. Someone say amen and nurtured in the life of every child. And our jobs as champions, our jobs as followers of Christ is to really understand this morning that we are all created in the image of God, and we must be reminded and nurtured and and encouraged to live that out. If you let your kid grow up by themselves, thinking whatever it is they want to think, the, the image of God is not going to be paramount in their lives. Why? Because they're hanging out in the world. Now what is the world, what's the world all about? What's the difference? The world is about the spirit of the world which is about selfishness, which is about give me all that I can take, which is about I want the corner office with the most money. I want the parking spot. I want all of these things. It's an attitude of me, me, me. And yet Jesus came to show us a completely different way, which is it's all about you. Jesus came not to be served as a king sitting on a throne, but to serve people. This is the heart of of a young person that understands that I'm made in the image of God. Which means I need people to come alongside and help me and remind me of that fact. And through Christ, we are made into new creations. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Even the disciples, church, the reason why I'm telling you this is because even the disciples who were with Jesus on earth had a complete wrong understanding of how valuable children are. We see here in Matthew 9, 13, listen to this. It says, then the little children were brought to him. Who were they brought to? Jesus. That he might put his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of heaven. Listen, Jesus even said, do not hinder the children to come to me because they have an opportunity to come meet Jesus in their life to be changed by that one moment with Jesus. And he listen to what he didn't say. He didn't say, do not let the kids come to me until they become adults. But they said, really, come to me. But rather, the adults will have to be more like children to know God. I love the difference in Matthew 18, 1 to 5. He says, at the time the disciples came to Jesus, they asked him a question. And they said, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And the disciples wanted them to say, it's you, disciple. It's you. It's you. It's you what he wanted them to the disciples wanted God just to rank all of them and 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 you know John would be right there close to Jesus and he'd be right underneath Jesus on the on the pecking order there but Jesus says this I love this then Jesus called a little child to him and he set him in the midst of them and he said assuredly I say to you unless you become unless you are converted and become as a little as as a little As little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom. And whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. You know, I want to challenge you this morning. Something that's very important. You and I have to understand that God really wants us to have that childlike humility. And I believe the best way to understand that is to really spend time with your children, spend time with young people and understand that they really have desires in their heart to learn, to grow, to be amazed. They want to do great things, but so many times the world pushes them down and tells them they can't do it. That They have to wait till they reach a certain point or reach a certain aptitude or reach a certain certain grade level. And what I want to encourage you with this whole orange, uh, think orange and see orange, is that your kids were created to do great things. And even Jesus understood, the fact that you and I will not receive our inheritance in Jesus unless we become like a child and humble ourselves before God and say, God, it's less about me. It's more about you. We can learn a lot, friends, from our children. And and I want to encourage you today that we have to understand that we must treat every every kid in the image of God, And that will appeal to their potential and to respond to God. That will help them understand who they are. But we first have to understand that we got to be sensitive. We have to know these kids. We have to have have the understanding that that we must be like little children in our hearts saying, God, we need you. I love Jet when he needs something. um, He'll reach his arms up to me and he'll want me to pick him up. And he's getting bigger and stronger every day. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to pick your heavy self up. But I, I reach down anyways and pick him up and hold him. Because it's, it's that attitude and that's, that heart of saying, God, we need you to help us. We, we need you to reach down and pick us up and follow us every step of the way. This is what children, this is what young people need. You know what? I find that this is what even adults need. You know, the person at work that bugs you all the time, what they need for you to do is respond in a loving way. Instead of being frustrated by their complete, their answers or their questions that happen every day, the same question every day, what you need to do is show them love. Show them that they were created in the image of God. And by your love, it'll bring out that image in them. And they'll, be, they'll start to produce faithfulness and patience and love and, and peace and joy. Let me say this. The one belief that you must grab a hold of today is that you were created in the image of God. And every one of these wonderful gifts and our kids that we have here are created in the image of God. And we will pursue that. And we will call that out of them. And we will encourage them every day about that fact. Because my kids and your kids need to understand their value in this world. They are so completely valuable because they were created by God, for God, for great purposes. Now let me, let me transition to this second point. Simple point today. The first one is we are created in the image of God. And the second one here, I want to read to you and explain to you what God says about this. There was a point there where the disciples came to Jesus. And some of the religious leaders were around and they asked Jesus what matters most in life. And I want to I want to show you here because these relig- religious leaders were saying which commandment Jesus is the greatest commandment. And we see here in the book of Matthew chapter 22. They ask him a question, they say teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. Now, let me say this to you. Jesus, in that moment, reached into the bag of over 600 laws that, that, that these people were living by and trying to measure up to. And he sums up all of the Bible in one commandment. And And, and, and when he says this to them, they're like, yeah, that's cool. We've heard that before. We know that. We're supposed to love you. We're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. And we're supposed to do all that. But then all of a sudden, he drops a bomb on all of these people that are there. And he says, not only should you do that, but there's one more thing that I'm going to add to this. Now, I want you to know something. In those days, the men... The religious leaders, it was a a society, there was a big difference in society. If you were a religious leader, you were the top dog. You had it all together. The women, the children, they were second class people. They didn't get to speak in church. They didn't get to do any of those things. But Jesus, in that one moment, he says something that blows them away. He says, and the second is like this. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So he sums up all of life. And he says, you better love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. And secondly, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. I want to say something about this second part of this. The, while we must understand that we are all created in the image of God, the second thing must, we must understand, and it's this one rule that we need to dictate and do everything with, and it's all wrapped around the issue of love. All wrapped around the issue of love. Why? Because the authentic test of your faith is how you treat people. I want you to hear that, friends. The authentic test of your faith is how you actually treat people. And let me say it in other words, the best way to love God is to love who God loves. Can I say that again? The best way to love God is to love who God loves. And I want you to understand that, that, that issue that, that you and I must understand that to see where our lives are going and where they're headed, we must look at, do we love people or not? I'm sorry, we, I've grown up in a church where people either loved people or they didn't. And it's a very quick barometer of where you're at with Christ. Do you actually love people? Because if you love God, you're going to love his people. If you love God and you are created in his image, then the byproduct of that will be that you will begin to love your neighbor, that you will begin to love people that you don't even like. I was telling my kids this sermon because I always preach a sermon to my kids before you because they ask silly questions like, um, do I even have to love the guy that's mean to me? I'm like, yes, Jet. That's the, cl- I mean, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to reveal his name. I, I, I said, yeah, buddy, you, you have to do that because this is, this is the true, this is what God's created us to do. See, it's easy to love people that love you. Anybody can do that. Anybody that doesn't follow Christ has that moral compass that says, I probably should love people that are good to me. Because maybe that will get me ahead, right? Maybe I'll get the raise that I need. But what about if you don't get the raise and you can't stand your boss? Jesus says the difference is that you will love that person. Wow. Do you think it's important that your children understand what the love of Jesus means? That they're not supposed to just love just the the few friends that they have, but that they're supposed to love all people. That all people that are far from God need 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 an ability to come to Christ, and that's going to happen when my kid shows another kid love, when my kid goes and buys somebody lunch. Listen, when Jet doesn't listen, I I, every day after school at three o'clock, my son comes to me in class and says, "Dad, I need money for snacks." And so some days I give him like two dollars because I know he's going to get a drink and a little snack, maybe some chips, whatever. Every once in a while, I'll give him like three or four to see what he does with it. He never comes back with change. (laughs) What he comes back with is two of his closest buddies, and they all have chips, and they all have drinks. I do that because I test him to see if he's going to be selfish with his money, or is he going to be generous? Friends, I want you to understand that we have a right and an ability to help the next generation of people understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. Now, let me say this. Your kids are designed with three things. This, this wonder, this issue of I wonder what life is all about. And listen, this affects the kids' thinking and imagination about God's love. And this is what we're going to be focusing on as we train your children and champion kids. They also have this sense of discovery that says this affects the kid's emotional and moral response to God. They want to discover things. They want to know things. Why do my kids want me to tell the same story over and over? Because they want to discover maybe something new in that story. they love to go places that they're not. they love to do all of these things. And the, the third thing is passion. This affects how a kid's relationships reflects God's love. All of these things, these children have desires to do. And, and listen, society and, and, and in culture, they've got this down. Disney is an expert at being able to turn these three dials in the minds of your children. Why? Because when they go to, to see all these movies, they, they're in there, they're laughing, they're, laugh, they're on a journey, they're seeing things they've never seen before, they're discovering a new world, and and, and and through that there's a love story and there's passion, and I look over and my little boy's misty and I'm like, son, you better not cry. And, and then at the end, I'm like, just wait, it gets good. And by the time it's over, we've gone an emotional roller coaster and your children and even me, I, I don't even really want to tell you, but even me, I'm, I'm, I'm on this journey. And by the time I'm done, I'm like, that was awesome. That's the most beautiful story ever your children have those desires and if they are not fostered and motivated and encouraged by the love of god if they don't have that if you don't do what you're called to do as a parent they lack in those areas and all of a sudden they are opened up to a different type of wonder and a different type of discovery and it's not healthy and all of a sudden when they were created by the by the love of god and by the image of god all of a sudden somebody else tells them they were created for something else what you end up having is a very confused child. They've got wonder. They've got all of these things. In that wonder, they're saying, I want you to amaze me. In the discovery, they're like, I want you to inspire me, inspire me for something greater. I tell my daughter, who's a musician, I'm like, listen, this is a great talent that you have. But I've got to inspire her not just to play a song, not just to to play music, but inspire her to to sing to Jesus. Inspire her that, that it's not about playing the guitar, but it's about her worship to God. That she was created. God gave her this talent not to be selfish with it, but to worship Him with everything that you have inside of you. These kids want to be moved to do something great. And this is what we're going to be challenging your kids in every day that's why it's our role to amaze a kid's mind to imagine God to inspire a kid's will to actually follow God that God's a good God that God really wants to help them that's why it's our job to move a kid's life to actually serve God because when they find out that it's better to give than to receive it lights them up my Finley comes to church in the morning early She'll come on Saturday to set up. She sets up offering envelopes and connect cards for you. Why does my little nine-year-old kid decide that that's what she wants to do? Because she understands there is complete happiness in serving you, and she loves it. She made a card for Sharon, our our missionary. It's going to be here next week. It was her birthday yesterday. We celebrated her birthday, and Finley's like, "I got to make a card." I'm like, "Really? Those take hours." Yes, Daddy. And finally she gave in and we bought a card and she colored the whole inside to make it right. (laughs) She wants to serve, friends. Your kids want that. Listen, the, the true test of authentic faith is trusting Jesus in a way that transforms how you love God, yourself, and other people. How does it transform you? Jesus tells us historically that, listen, he created Adam and Eve in his own image. He created them without sin. He created them to do great things. But we see the fall of Adam and how that even though he was created in the image of God, he was tempted and he fell into temptation and sin entered in and broke off that relationship. He had to leave, leave the Garden of Eden, the great paradise that God had created for him to be with these wonderful people. And now we see that God had to send his only son down on the earth to deal with that separation. And we see that Jesus modeled the image of God while he was on the earth. He loved people. He cared for people. He was interruptible, which means even when he was going one direction, someone would stop him and he would heal and set them free and deliver those people. Why? Because he was modeling the image of God. And then he appealed to the image of God. He he told everybody about, listen, you need to point your lives to God. Then he redeemed the image of God through his death and burial and resurrection. And now we are transformed again into the image of God. I I love how Jesus didn't just talk a good talk, but he lived the right way. There's one rule that prioritizes everything, and it's called love. Let me give you some statistics statistics and in, in the closing moments that we have because I think it's going to help you see your own life and the life of the beautiful gifts in your children and if you don't have kids yet please take this to heart this is going to be very helpful for you the reality is that we have a limited time to influence a child did you know that you will blink and your kids will be grown up I was looking at jet in the bed he's a big boy now he was mama's little baby last week And he kind of still is, right, Ben? He's just a big baby now. The average sixth grade students coming to church will be here less than 50% of the time, which means if we have 52 weeks, they're going to be here less than 26 weeks a year, which is 26 hours a year they're going to come to church. Of those 26 hours, 30% of that time will be made up of getting in the room, talking with friends, playing games, and taking selfies don't lie so this means about 20 hours every year they will be hearing teaching or being in an actual small group all right now the reality is your teenager will use their smartphone more in one week than they will attend your church in a year they'll use their smartphone and i was telling my kids these stats and oh gee like slides her phone under her pillow <laughs> not me dad Let me give you a question. If less than 20 times, if you have less than 20 times to connect to a student this year, what are we going to teach them? What is Champion Church going to teach your kids if we've got 20 hours a year and the rest of your life, the rest of their life, your kids are doing all kinds of things? Are we going to take them chronologically through the Bible? Are we going to go through the the, the book of Habakkuk? Probably not. Are we, going to grow? Are we going to go through um, all the, 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 different in, the, the different things of, of, of our theology and what we believe? And we're going to go through all of these different things? Listen, the, the, the stats tell us that the average middle school student will spend over 200 hours in math every year. They will spend 300 hours watching TV. 300 hours compared to 20 hours. They will spend over 600 hours using a mobile phone. But in a normal scenario, you will only get maybe 40 hours if you guys come to church every Sunday, if you're faithful. There might be some sick times, there might be this, but they will have at at most 40 hours that we'll have to teach them everything they need to know about God, about faith, about forgiveness, about grace, about life, about what they were created to do. And only 40 hours a year, champions. We got to tell your kids, and inspire them, and and allow them to discover things, and allow them to wonder, and allow them to ask questions, and do all of these things in less than 40 hours a year. And that's a pretty daunting task, friends. Think about your life and what you do every day. How much of that is investing into the next generation? How many of that is investing into your generation? How many of that is actually investing into your heart, the Word of God? I'm not trying to be harsh to you, but I'm giving you the realities today that we got to get busy doing things uh, that lead us in the right direction, that help us make good decisions. Now, how are you going to influence the spiritual direction of the average child or teenager when you only have a few minutes every other week? Some of you are going to put your kids in Christian school. Great. Some of you are going to take your kids to connect group and life group where they can go and hang out with teenagers their own age. Great. Some of you are going to hook, hook them up in Upward Soccer where they have Christian families to spend time with. Some of you are going to pray with your kids at night, tell them Bible stories. All those things are an, are an added bonus. So we must choose to do all of these things and really help our children grow. But listen, we must choose what to say and what not to say at every phase that your kids go through. And in the, the, the issue of Orange, Pastor Nicole will be speaking to us in two weeks about the four different phases that your kids need as they're going through life. There's a phase of affirmation. There's a phase where, where your kids need to engage. There's a, there's a phase where your kids, when they're little babies, need to have embrace and need to know that they're taken care of and that they're loved. There's a, there's a stage when they get to high school that, that, that they must be mobilized to do things for the kingdom of God. Because if they're not mobilized to do that, they're going to go mobilize themselves to do whatever the world wants them to do. Because your kid's desire through high school is to make a difference and be a part of something greater than themselves. And so we as a church are trying to to work through this process of what are we going to say to them that's going to matter the most. Because I believe it's our job to teach the most important things to every kid when it matters the most. And the most important thing, friends, is love most important things. Jesus even said in in verse 40, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Everything in life should come back to the concept of loving God. Does your life look like that? That everything that you do, all your attitudes in life is saying, God, I love you. I want you to love me and I want you to show me how to love other people. The two most important things, everything in life should come back to that concept of loving God. What if we decided to organize the way that we taught your children like the way Jesus already organized it? And this is our goal. This is our goal that we're going to make the content for, your, for the next generation at Champion Church to not just be informational, but to be relational. We're going to talk about very simple things to your kids that talk about the love of God, that talk about how valuable they are. We're not going to give them all these different things because we only have 20 hours a year, friends. And then what we're going to do, and, and, and Adrian is faithful to provide all of these things for you, we're going to give you resources to take home every day to work through those things with your children, to remind them of who they are at breakfast before they go to school, to give them the memory verse that they're memorizing, to invest the, the, the truth of God into their hearts. Friends, I want to encourage you, this is so valuable, and, and why it's valuable is because it's not only valuable for your kids, it's valuable for you. Because how many days a week do you wake up and the last thing that's on your mind is Jesus how many of you go through the whole day a lot of times and you forget about what this day was created for and what you were created to do in that day i think friends we're all guilty of that and what i want to say the 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 big win of today is that you and i and your children are created in in the image of god and it has to be that we're loving god and then we're loving people that that's that's the plan for today Friends, that's the plan for tomorrow as Dane comes up. That's the plan for, for, the, for your future in Christ. That's the plan for your young children today. As they leave, they're going to get a form today that you're going to look at. And you've got to be faithful, friends, to share with them. We're going to leave our, our, our world to our children that are so valuable. And I want to encourage you, no matter what age your child is or if you're going to have children in the future, I think it's important that you grab a hold of those thoughts, that it's about loving people, loving other people. And, and I want to challenge you as your pastor. This is, the, this is the play that we want to run in our church. And we're going to be faithful to your children. We're going to be faithful to pray for them, to love on them, to encourage them, to lift them up. But it will all be based on turning these three dials of discovery, of wonder, and, 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 and being able to, to get them to understand who they are in Christ and what their goal is in life, to love God and love other people. Is that pretty simple, friends? That's what I wanted to share with you today. You know, next week we have an opportunity with Sharon Cranford, our missionary in Africa, to come and show her how much you love and appreciate her. And I just want to challenge you, man. She's at the forefront of building men and raising pastors to do great great and mighty things. And when we come and we love on her and, and affirm her, And allow her to know how faithful we are in praying and encouraging her. It builds life in her life. And I want to challenge you this week as you pray for her, continue to pray that God would would bring strength to her body, would give her good thoughts and, and wisdom on how to do great things. And in that, I also want to encourage you about the next generation. How do you treat the next generation? Are you short with them? Do you wish that they would be anywhere else but in your own home? I mean, these are all real thoughts, friends. But God wants to tell you, you, you and I were made in the image of God. And you're going to have to remind your children of that every day, even if they're 30 years old. My mom calls me all the time and reminds me of who I am, that I'm a man of God and I need it. Because I'm wired like that. You and I are wired to need that affirmation from people but more importantly from the Lord. Can we stand this morning? Stand to your feet as we finish. The one thing, friends, we don't want you to miss today. The one thing is a relationship to a loving God. You have to have that relationship to a loving God. want you to bow your heads with me if you don't know jesus today you don't know what this is all about you don't know you you haven't had love uh for god much less for anybody lately and you've been feeling like you are stressed out and you are about to drown and you've been feeling like you've got a lack of peace in your heart what we always do at champion is give you a, a chance to respond to jesus this morning and say god i want to make you Lord of my life, which means, God, I want to follow you, which means, God, I want you to come into my life and change me so that I start looking more like you, so I start loving, so that I start growing, so that, so that, God, you come into my life and and change me, because we believe here that growing people change. That means we we look and act more like Jesus. If you're here today, we're going to say a prayer collectively, all of us, and we're going to say this prayer of salvation, it's a simple, it's a simple prayer that if you pray... I want you to fill out a Connect card and put on there that I received Christ into my heart today. We've got a Bible for you at the back. Our wonderful uh, Connect table people and Next Step table will be there to give you a Bible and begin to walk that relationship out with you and, and train you and teach you on how to walk with Jesus. So I want us to pray together all out loud. I want to say, Dear Jesus, we invite you into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I know that you died on the cross to set me free from those sins so that I can be righteous in you. Come and change my heart and make me new today. I receive you into my life and I will walk with you all the days of my life. I thank you for what you've done today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today, we've got some people that um, are gonna, our wonderful prayer warriors are gonna come down. Just just in the front, and uh, if you need prayer for anything this morning as we as we dismiss, these wonderful people are here to pray with you about anything that you have. If you've got issues in your family, if you've got things at work, if you're praying and believing God for something, we just ask you to come up if you want, no pressure, but come up and these guys want to just pray for you and uh, believe with you that God's going to do great things in your life. We'll be down here for the last few moments uh, to do that with you when we, when we dismiss the service. We don't want anybody to ever miss an opportunity to be prayed for. And uh, we believe when two or three are to gather together, in his name, he is in our midst to do great things. So I just want to challenge you. If you've got any worries, anything you need to deal with, we just want to love you and pray for you and believe that God's going to do great things in your life. Amen? That's all for this week. Make sure to turn in next week whenever we continue our Sea Orange series. Have a blessed one.